Good afternoon, Rich Nass, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media and leader of the Embedded Computing Design franchise here for this week's Embedded Executive Podcast. Uh, this week, we are going in a direction that we have never gone before. So hopefully you'll find this interesting. Uh, we generally don't do human interest type stories, but I've come across a human who's extremely interesting. So I'd like to give us a whirl. So my guest today is John Costello. He is the Corporate Vice President of Government Affairs for Microchip. How you doing, John? Good. When you mean interesting, you mean like interesting like a train wreck you have to watch or you mean interesting in other ways? You know, it's actually funny that you say that because the first thing that I think of when you say, well, interesting how, I think of the line from that Joe Pesci gave in Goodfellas when he said, funny how. And that's actually the direction that we're going here. So that was a really good lead in. Okay, got it, got it, got it. And so you know, John, in the book, so. right. So John is um, an author and um, just a little bit of the background here. We had John on as a guest in our Embedded Insiders podcast, actually, actually twice because he was so good. Um, but in that, we were pretty dry. We were talking about the CHIPS Act and, and what effect that that had on our industry. But in the course of that, John mentioned that he's an author. So I said, oh, that's interesting. You know, what's the book? And then when I found out the book, it became even more interesting. He has a background that is, uh, I like to liken to The Sopranos. Uh, is that fair, John? Well, let's say, um, per se, it's not directly because I'm not part of a you know, family that was that entrenched. My father was more of a, a mob associate, um, but it led me to meet a lot of, you know, interesting people that I wouldn't have normally met. So, uh, yeah, I, I could say that that kind of atmosphere, yes, but not directly because Tony Soprano was the boss in New Jersey and my father was a mob associate. So that's where I would make the distinction. OK, so the name of the book is Executive Hoodlum, right? That's correct. OK. And, and I, I read the book, and I read it very quickly, and uh, I'd, I'd encourage people to read it, but we're not here to plug his book. But in that book, John, you talk about some things that are pretty mob-related, where you're sort of collecting money and hurting people and, and stuff like that. So and I don't, you know, so if we have to keep our audience in mind here. So you work for Microchip, and when I think of Microchip, I think of a button-down, super conservative company. And, and I know you came to Microchip through acquisition, um, but what's it like being at a, it, well, is the culture really like that? And if it is, what's it like being so at the other end of the spectrum from that culture? Well, put it this way, it's, it's I think, you know, in the movies and in series like that, they, they, they glorify things that are really scary. I mean, I've been able to unfortunately experience the, the bad end of that, that part of it. And that's when you come to the conclusion that, wow, that's really not for me. I've got an education. I need to use it and not get into the, um, some of the other, um, say criminal activity that many of my family members were engaged in. So yeah, sometimes it takes a good crack in the head or you know, something really bad to happen to, to shock you back into reality. Okay, so what are the executive leadership at Microchip think of your background, and are they comfortable having you know you know because now everything's out in the public? Are they comfortable? Well, yeah, we never really discussed it much. I recall, remember when I authored the book, I was a, a an employee of Microsemi, so I had to go through the right 
legal channels and uh, you know the uh, the corporate channels to make sure that I could you know approve doing this because it you know could have negative ramifications um, you know if, if interpreted the wrong way. So yeah, I, I, I could see that. But you know, for the record, I'm not a convicted felon or anything like that, and uh, I have a, a pretty clean record, and um, you know I've been highly successful in, in my industry. So. Once again, it's uh, you can choose your friends, or you can't really choose your family. But I think I had a bad, uh, sometimes had a, had a bad time doing both. You said a pretty clean record, which is not the same as a clean record. Oh no, no, it's clean. What I mean by clean, I've been, <laughs> you know, I've I've been interrogated by law enforcement, yeah, by the ATF, by the FBI, um, by the Treasury Department, and I've been, you know, subpoenaed three times. So yeah, that's, that's always an unpleasant feeling, but uh, nothing on, it was nothing really on me uh, that, that came up, but uh, I was forced to do things um, like testifying in trials and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, that's the unpleasant part of being related to uh, people that engage in criminal activity. Okay. Now, um, if, if I remember from your background, you don't have, have any technology like training like through college or anything and at microsemi you were doing like the most complex stuff out there how'd you get from one to the other well interestingly enough when i started in the business and i graduated college in 83 and i worked for a a, a custom house and dye processing company where i learned all the mill specs so i was i kind of cut my teeth on 883 and 19500 and at the time 38510 which became 38534, mill standard 750. Uh, when I was in operations, I would actually be the guy that, 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 you know, followed the process flow all the way from, you know, from getting the dye, packing it in and running through all the tests. Uh, so I was able to learn the mill standards and some of the ins and outs and some of the pitfalls uh, on how these parts fail and why they fail and, uh, and, and you know, learning really the, um, the reliability um, specs and, and the, pardon me, the, the reliability requirements uh, for a lot of these programs and, you know, why it was so important. So, so yes, I, I kind of cut my teeth by doing it uh, physically and, and, and going through it, not necessarily reading a book, although I did review quite a few specs, uh, not only customer, custom uh, source control drawings, but also the mill specs. Okay. And that's kind of how I, I, I learned the background of microelectronics. I took a couple also, also basic courses in microelectronics as well, just so I understood a lot of the things of what I was doing. Okay. Well, I'm, I know we've had some conversations and you're not a, just knowing the buzzwords, you know it inside and out. I was pretty impressed. Um, so now that the knowledge of your background is out there, has that affected your career? Do people look at you differently? I mean, do they give you a wider berth in the, in the boardroom? <laughs> Well, you know, sometimes it's 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 a bit awkward because I kind of wrote it. it was uh, it was like therapy for me to get a lot of things you know off your chest. But uh, it was very liberating, to put it that way, because when you go your whole life avoiding telling things about yourself and about your family, when it's out in the open, it and well, like I said, it's it's liberating. You don't have to hide it anymore. You can say, okay, this is what happened. So what? That happened three, four decades ago, five decades ago. So. So yeah, I'd, I'd have to say that it was hard to write because I had to hit some pretty tough subjects. But when I was done, I was I was pretty much just relieved that okay, it's out there now. Now I don't have to um, lie or I don't have to um, 
you know, make up stuff or at least avoid particular subjects um, because it's all it's already out there and it's in the public uh, view. Now you name names. Are you looking over your shoulder, you know, now? And you know, are these people angry with you? Uh, not necessarily. Most of the guys that I named in there are were my very good friends, and I actually had them write their own epilogues and told them I was going to be doing this. And I sent them the transcript beforehand and said, "Look, if you have any beef with this, you got to let me know now." And, and then he actually interviewed and uh, recorded with with Larry Elder, who was the guy that 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 really helped me format things when we started out. So a lot of this is all on tape and uh, that is the things that I could not authenticate with documents and video and, um, and, and, and other forms of proof of, uh, of authentication. So no, I, I don't, in fact, I still keep in contact with a couple of the guys. We still are, you know, on a friendly basis, but uh, most of the stuff in there was uh, public knowledge as it, as it was. I was just telling the story. I was connecting the dots. Did any of those people come back and say, no, 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 you can't say this stuff. I want, I don't want my name in here. Uh, no, not a one. Uh, I thought I was going to have a problem with one, uh, but he's, he was a, ended up being a confidential informant. So it's very hard to contact to ask his opinion. Okay. I know when I called you out on some of this stuff and said, this is a, you know, a little stuff that looks like Hollywood. You assured me that all of these things actually happened pretty much the way you said they happened. Uh, yes. And like I said, the stuff that I could not, that I, you know, I, I posted most of that stuff on my website for authentication purposes. Uh, for instance, the, you know, the, 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 my sister going on talk shows, stuff like that. My father being in the, in the local news and uh, police reports and newspaper articles, uh, all kinds of video authentication. So I made sure that was very important to me to make sure that nobody looked at it and said, ah, oh, this is a bunch of Hollywood BS. Uh, so that's, that's what I did. And that's the reason I did it. Okay. So is the future for John Costello as a, uh, semiconductor vice president, or is it a, uh, author talk show person, Hollywood something? <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't, I, I got to put it this way. I have a lot of friends in, in, in Hollywood that I, I keep in contact with here and there, but that's really not an industry I'm terribly comfortable with. I mean, I actually was in two reality pilots and when i was watching the film clips of them i'm like well no wonder nobody likes me i'm looking at me i don't like me either so that stuff's not for me i can't you know uh, these these robert de niro and al pacino they got they got nothing to worry about because i have zero talent okay and the way that i understand it you still have four colleges to pay for so you're gonna be working for a little while longer that's true yeah death and retirement for me will probably land on the same day <laughs> very good no not very good i'm sorry i didn't mean it that way <laughs> anyway well thank you john i really appreciate this um i appreciate taking the time to come on I, I usually say educate the audience but this is more inform the audience um and not even entertain but this is i mean the fact that most people think that this is this is just on tv and in the movies is is not reality correct and you know thanks for having me on your your podcast i'm glad you enjoyed the book and um and we'll talk again real soon on a on maybe on an electronic subject again. Absolutely. That was John Costello. He is the corporate vice president for government affairs for Microchip and also an author. And I'm Rich Nass with Open Systems Media.